get your Mr. C swag. Mr. C and the C Report mugs, shirts, swimwear, tank tops, men's, women's, children, stationery, home goods, apparel, support, and promote America First with the C Report. Go to Shop Mr. C online store at www.thecreport.com. Click on store on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776reborn at checkout. Trump, Putin, Russian collusion. Trump, Russian sort of collusion. Trump, Russian possible collusion. Trump, Russian metal collusion. Trump, Russia possible collusion. Trump, Russian potentially collusion. Trump, Russia possible collusion. Trump, Russian possible collusion. Trump, Russian bot collusion. Trump, Russia Russian collusion. Trump, Russia possible collusion. Russia hacked our election. Here comes a big change. Because all of a sudden, Trump, Russian possible collusion, Russian, Russian, Russian collusion, Trump, Russian possible collusion, Trump, Russian possible collusion, Trump, Russian collusion, collusion with the Russians, Trump, Russia possible collusion, Trump, Russia possible collusion, prove collusion, prove collusion. Was there collusion? Absolutely. Russia possible collusion. Trump 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 Russia potential collusion. Trump Russia possible collusion. And the Kremlin and be in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion and Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin very worried in collusion. This president, this president in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion. This president, this president in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin very worried in collusion. All 17 intelligence agencies. 17 agencies. 17 of our intelligence agencies. 17 of our intelligence agencies. 17 intelligence agencies. 17 different United States intelligence agencies. All 17 of them. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a fresh and brand spanking new episode of The Sea Report, coming to you live on this Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. That's right, the year of your future, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I am your host, as always, Mr. C, sometimes known as Michael Aaron Cossidus, whatever your uh shining takes on to the liking i will go ahead and yeah appease but welcome to another episode ladies and gentlemen as we uh get started into this tuesday afternoon so many many things going on around the old spinning earthworks known as the planet that we abide on ladies and gentlemen uh we have 
quite the showdown with the hoedown, ladies and gentlemen. It seems like August will be an unrelenting month, ladies and gentlemen, in regard to uh, exactly how things do. Okay? Exactly how things do, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, feel like I've um, heard about some type of... Uh, corrupt means of voting before. You know, we have uh, Lizard Cheney is off the hook, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, over in Wyoming today, uh, we've got to see what all is going to be going on as we spin around the clock and in that. Uh, see this, uh, this photo op here from Lizard Cheney's father, it seems. It seems that uh, the good old uh, face shooter there himself went ahead and took uh, Lizard Cheney's picture. You know that's going to win the votes of Americans out there, don't you now, ladies and gentlemen? I'm sure you figured. Anyhow, uh, a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, as we jump in into tonight's Sea uh, Report. I hope you guys are ready for quite the spin. Good evening, Kiwis can fly. So glad that the Kiwis can fly. Uh, Relanon and Aurelius Locke, good to see you guys in the audience. Thank you for the 117 gold pills, my friend. And, uh, as always, we carry on, ladies and gentlemen, live as it were today. Thepilled.net, thefoxhole.app, um, oh, also over at Odyssey, we got that one cranking and a-rankin' and a-flowin' again. Thank goodness for that, you know. Odyssey is uh, an interesting platform, uh, to say the least, but uh, it's, still, uh, it's still an interesting platform. I uh, find a lot of interesting things over there at Odyssey I don't quite find anywhere else. Anyhow, if you are joining us live over at Odyssey, hello there. Make sure you follow and or subscribe. You know it's free. Obviously, it's not... Uh, Always free to upload a video, but there are ways around that, and you know, we can deal with that here over at the C Studios for as long as we'll be broadcasting over at Odyssey. Yeah, I think they're Russian, maybe. I think Odyssey, uh, somewhere over there on that side of the continent, about all I know about Odyssey, but uh, the Russians sure do like their Odyssey. So I'll take it. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, uh, DLive is also making an appearance today. Don't always do DLive because they're all usually the dorks over there at DLive. But, uh, yep, we got DLive a rolling and a going again. You know, since over at YouTube, we were given another struck. We were strucketh again over at YouTube. I don't know when we'll be able to go live again. One more strike, ladies and gentlemen. And we're, it's kaputs, it's done, we're done for. Actually, you know, I don't know that I can actually afford to do that. I have some, uh, anyways, that's not important. What is important is that, um, you know, it just, it, it doesn't pay to waste your time sometimes. Just, you know, why bother? Why bother, ladies and gentlemen? Rumble, rumble to the Rumble family out there. Hello, good evening. Hope you all are doing well on this Tuesday afternoon as we uh, get into today's episode. You know, we were going to mention it, but we're not going to mention it. Yesterday, talking about some big DeSantis energy. 
You guys hear what I'm screaming? Big DeSantis energy. Okay, those are not my words, ladies and gentlemen. From what I understand, DeSantis does not have big energy, but that is neither here nor there, ladies and gentlemen. This is, after all, a family show. But that was from the mouth of Carrie Lake, okay? So, yeah, didn't really uh, have the uh, heart to talk about that yesterday. It's really a non-story. It's kind of like one of those uh, funny little ditties that kind of like, you know, flavors the trail uh, down the path of legends and heroes that we follow, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that's about all that I would chalk that up to. So don't don't feel too much of a certain way, ladies and gentlemen. Don't feel too much of a certain way uh, because you're not missing much, not by a long shot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me see what else I have. Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to pull up here before we uh, get going today with the C report. Uh, yeah, we've got some uh, topics that are worth a bit of a highlight. Maybe not too much. There's just, you know, talk about uh, putting on an election show, right? About election uh, fraud. There's so much of it happening right now out in front of every single one of us in our in front of our faces this fraud is occurring right no no telling what's going to happen today but um regardless you know uh it seems like they are trying to clean up the act that follows them if that makes sense like they're still committing the fraud they're just trying to clean up uh in a much quicker and um more uh i would say a, a less obvious manner is what it seems like they're trying to do. They're trying to assimilate to being discovered quite so quickly as they are, you know, being found out. I mean, look at Georgia, look at Colorado. I mean, what, in four more days, we have another what looks to be blockbuster film on uh, election integrity coming out. Blockbuster much, you know? America loves them some Tina Peters, right, ladies and gentlemen? America loves them some Tina Peters. So watch out, deep state, globalist, transhumanist, technocratic influences. Uh, the culture of America is coming for ya, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, rest assured, yep, it's deep in the heart, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I need to explain it any other way. I think I'm making perfect sense. Uh, but let's see, we had Wyoming and Alaska, apparently, two of the states up today for their primary. Alaska and Wyoming. Will Harriet Hagelman, um, who looks like a very stern, stern and proper woman, right? We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Very stern and proper that Harriet Hagelman is. Uh, going up against Lizard Cheney, who I hear wants to run as a uh, Democrat or something like that. <laughs> All right, Lizard Cheney, it seems like your days aren't numbered, my dearie. Whether you are dear or mine or not, either way. She ain't going to last a chance. I'm sure you guys will be popping in with those updates as we move along tonight, ladies and gentlemen talking about some of the things that we'll be talking about tonight, 
ladies and gentlemen. With that said, I think we can bounce over to some Trump truths or statements as please yourself, ladies and gentlemen. What does our president have to say? You know, there's just so much that is abounding, abound around all of this talk about the president and the FBI. It's, it's beginning to take on a life of its own. Has anyone noticed that by any chance? Has anyone noticed how this FBI skirmish with El Presidente is starting to take on a life of its own? Like, I'm like, was this thing activated on both sides of the coin or what? Because... This is just becoming a bit too much, ladies and gentlemen. But nevertheless, you know, that is uh, apparently the storyline or the narrative that we're supposed to be following, right? Because if you ain't following election integrity, you know, and uh, that includes uh, dispelling some of the major types of information when we're talking about dissemination of information, ladies and gentlemen, we're also talking about focusing on the president and the FBI. Which one are you going to acquaint yourself with, ladies and gentlemen, I think is the question one should be asking oneself. But in the event that one does not, uh, are you going to rely on just what you know? Or are you going to feel like you're left out of the team because they didn't share their information with you? Of course you're not. You're going to keep on going, young man, and you're going to carry on. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a few statements from President Trump. They go this way. Oh, dear old President Trump, you're not even appearing on the right screen today. Are you ready? There we go. And here's some President Trump right there for you, ladies and gentlemen. If Lizard Cheney loses tonight, the fake news media will do everything within their power to play it down and pretend that it was not a referendum on the unselects. That is, uh, that it was uh, no big deal. That's right. It, it wasn't a big deal that all of the band of losers who voted to impeach Trump have bitten it one by one by one. It was no big deal, actually. It would be a very big deal. One of the biggest, right? All right. Someone queue up the queue up the meme machine of President Trump walking into the store saying big mistake really big. <laughs> How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Big mistake. Very big, right? That's going to be President Trump, right? He's going to go right up to Lizard Cheney and her old dick of a dad and say, big mistake. Very big mistake. And just walk out, right? Walk out with his head held high, ladies and gentlemen, because that was a big mistake. Uh, what's going on, Yavapai Michael? Yavapai Michael says, Mr. C, sup? Today is the Lizards Cheney's Reckoning Day. That's exactly what we're talking about right now, Yavapai Michael. We're talking about 
Wrecking Ball Day on Lizard Cheney. Her day of reckoning is today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, very much, very much true. It's probably that my Microsoft crap hates the <laughs> What on earth are you talking about? Oh, hey, Carrie Lake, what's going on? Good to see you in the audience tonight, hun. And Mr. Timberjet as well. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, so yes, today is that day of reckoning. Let's see if uh, President Trump has any other way of cajoling her, ladies and gentlemen, in his future truths. If, in the raid of Mar a Lago, the FBI demanded that all security cameras be turned off. What is that all about? We said no. So indeed, ladies and gentlemen, more information is coming out about this Mar-a-Lago raid that uh, everyone is so focused on. And rightly so, ladies and gentlemen, you must be focused on that which infuriates you because it is what is most obviously delineating you from the rest who oppose Trump with their orange machinations. Undoubtedly, you see exactly what I'm saying, dear audience. Next statement, there is no way to justify the unannounced raid of Mar-a-Lago, the home of the 45th president of the United States, who got more votes by far than any sitting president in the history of our country by a very large number of gun-toting FBI agents and the Department of Justice. But in the interest of transparency, I call for the immediate release of the completely unredacted affidavit pertaining to this horrible and shocking break-in. Also, the judge on this case should recuse. Man, the uh, swamp is starting to boil up a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, with statements like these. Uh, very, very, very interesting that, you know, this was a raid. And President Trump and his people want you to remember that. Don't forget it. Because there are outlets out there that are poo-pooing this as if though it were just... A fancy visit from the FBI regarding some uh, documents we put on hold six months before in a designated area. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think this booty smells like? Does not smell too good. What do you think they took, ladies and gentlemen, from mar a -Lago? Or do you think... This is simply to make him look like a raving lunatic madman with nuclear codes that he stole from the White House. I guess we'll have to wait and find out because I done heard talk about nuclear codes in some of these headlines out here and it's just getting pretty crazy. What do you expect to happen by October if you have this kind of shenanigan going on in uh, August? Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't even gotten to September. Next statement from President Trump. It goes this way. The DOJ and FBI just returned my passports. Thank you. Unfortunately, when they raided my home, Mar-a-Lago, eight days ago, 
They just opened their arms and grabbed everything in sight. Such a common criminal would do as much. This should not happen in America. Yeah, you know, President Trump, I myself, Mr. C, my audience, and everyone here at the C Report and Mr. C TV would have to absolutely agree that this type of activity does not take place in America, and yet it has. And yet it has. You know, now would be a great time for a revival within the Trump movement, ladies and gentlemen. Now would be a great time, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, a brand new moment within the MAGA movement. Don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? Because the FBI has raided President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost as if time for, uh, for a new era. Some would call like, I don't know, maybe like Dark MAGA or something like that, right? Don't you guys think this would have been the perfect moment for Dark MAGA? I mean, I really think... This moment when you have the FBI raiding President Trump's home, you have half of the uh, jilted Trump base up in arms, ready to go to war and dissolve the FBI. This would be the perfect time for dark MAGA. What are you talking about, ladies and gentlemen? President Trump's going to come back with a vengeance and he's going to smite all of his enemies and he's going to encourage you all into the field to go and stand against the deep state globalist transhumanist interferers. Ladies and gentlemen, Dark MAGA. But fortunately, Dark MAGA was totally, what's the word? Debunked and thrown by the wayside. So there can be no dark MAGA, not, not for this momentous event. But think about it, guys. Think about it. It uh, was pretty much set up for this. You know, how many people are so pissed off, ladies and gentlemen, at this FBI raid that they are calling for the dissolution of the Federal Bureau of Investigations? Ladies and gentlemen, how many people... How many patriots, how many awake Americans, how many Trump supporters are like, burn it to the ground, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want any part of this Federal Bureau of Investigations, but do not defund the police, right? Okay, I get it. I get it. Those two don't necessarily go hand in hand, at least not on the state and federal level. But if you're really wanting to think about it in a practical type of way, you would realize that we should probably dissolve the CIA before we even consider dissolving the FBI, okay? Because I tried to give an assessment about the FBI's, uh, you know, uh, authorization. It was interstate commerce, I think is the word that I was lacking. Interstate commerce, criminal investigation type stuff, you know? Betwixt states, when the jurisdiction called on more than just that which was within the state's own natural boundaries, but that's uh, neither here nor there, ladies and gentlemen. You know, 
Uh, wouldn't it be fancy if we uh, dissolved the FBI before we dissolved the CIA? What, are we going to take out the weakest link in the chain link first or what? Or do you think we should just take out the head? Oh, then should we be taking out the IRS instead of the FBI or the CIA? Probably the CIA would just shrivel up on itself if the IRS were taken out. But uh, that is not conversation that uh, here nor there are discussing, except for way out yonder. Um, those are some uh, tighty, whitey discussions to be had, ladies and gentlemen, to be had. Undoubtedly. Thank you for the cookie, Sean Joe. Must appre- much appreciated, friend. Much appreciated. So you have before you those statements from President Trump, okay? In regard to the FBI, but not the CIA, all right? They are, they are indeed rather, uh, rather heat-inspiring types of comments. You don't want to hear about someone rummaging through your favorite first lady's underoos and taking a whiff or two, ladies and gentlemen. It is very disrespectful towards the image that the First Lady represents. But nonetheless, that is what these heathens have done before us. And what are we supposed to do? We're going to open up into tonight's Sea Report. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Oh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the Earth is a spin. The Earth is a spin. Ladies and gentlemen, if your world feels like it is a topsy and a turvy, if it feels like it is spinning on its axis at a much faster rate than it should be, and you're kind of like, what is going on here? Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you this rare non-figure, the Earth spinning on its axis, ladies and gentlemen, has scientists baffled. Because this is a science story to open up the evening. The Earth is spinning faster. Well, what does one think about that, ladies and gentlemen? Trust me, it's all tied into the bone. You will see as we progress. Earth spinning faster in 2022. Scientists baffled as days get shorter. Do you think this is the case? Do you think this is why things are moving along as steadily as they are, ladies and gentlemen? Things are moving along as steadily as they are because the days are getting shorter. Does that mean that the nights are getting longer? The uh, article says, The Earth spun at its fastest speed on June 29th, completing its shortest day and baffling scientists as to why this is happening. The Earth finished a spin 1.59 milliseconds earlier than the usual 24 hours on June 29th, according to new measurements by the National Physical Laboratory in the UK. The rapid spin is in line with a trend observed in recent years. In 2020, Earth registered its 28 shortest days since the 1960s, when atomic clocks began to be used for accurate timekeeping. The shortest day in 2020 was recorded on July 19th when the Earth completed its spin 1.47 milliseconds earlier. Though the trend continued in 2021, the shortest day last year was still fractionally longer 
than the shortest day of 2020. But in 2022, Earth began to spin faster, with June 29th beginning the shortest day in the era of atomic clocks. On July 26th, Earth almost beat this record as the day was shorter by 1.50 milliseconds. A few years back, scientists believed that the Earth's spin was slowing down the International Earth Rotation and Reference System Service, even added leap seconds to compensate for the slower rotation. It is only in the past few years that things have changed, with measurements showing the Earth's spin rate to be rising. As to why this is happening, several theories have been put forward, ranging from seismic activity to the motion of the Earth's inner molten core and melting of glaciers, which lessens the weight at the poles and more. According to Leonid Zatov, the answer might lie in the Chandler Wobble. It's the latest dance crave that's taken on all the post-millennials, ladies and gentlemen, the Chandler Wobble a term that refers to a change in the spin of the Earth on its axis. It is thought to be largely the result of ocean bottom pressure fluctuations. The normal amplitude of the Chandler wobble is about three to four meters at Earth's surface, Dr. Zotov told Time and Date, the top-ranking website for time and time zones. But from 2016 to 2020, it disappeared. What? The Chandler wobble disappeared for three years? The faster rotation of the Earth poses a challenge to software when it comes to timekeeping. After the IERS introduced the leap second, the coordinated universal time has been updated 27 times until now, only positive leap seconds have been added. This increase in time would create weird timestamps in data storage that would corrupt data or crash programs, according to a July 25th blog post at Meta. Digital timestamps would look like 2359 but the Earth's rotation pattern changing, it's very likely that we will get a negative leap second at some point in the future, Meta said. As a result, the digital timestamps would look something like 23.59.58 minus. The impact of a negative leap second has never been tested on a large scale. It could have devastated effect on the software, relying on timers or schedules. The time change can effectively negatively affect the functioning of GPS satellites, which use atomic clocks that do not count for Earth's changing spin. Smartphones, communication systems, and other devices that are synchronized with the network time protocol servers can also face issues. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, what that was all about. 
I'm sure you all had some opinions in the uh, chat room over here. Good evening, Patriot 1776 I hope you're doing well tonight. Say hello to the husband, do you please? Hashtag not spinning, she says. Uh, that is hello in Shoshone, which I am half of. Oh, how interesting, Timberjet. Um, <laughs> Yavapai Michael is a science denier. He's full of conspiracies. It, it reminds me again of that. Um, what was it called again? Nacho Libre, right? And, and that guy, he's all, I believe in science. <laughs> mm. That's some good stuff. It can be used to say goodbye as well as, um, or good riddance. People, a few words and many meetings. What a bunch of bunk says, de you know, I don't know. Do y'all's days feel like they are spinning any faster, you know? Uh, do things seem like they are coming up quicker at hand than they would have in the past? I don't know. You tell me, ladies and gentlemen. I am just here to share the stories like this one. Voting on the recall of George Gascon. Nobody smells like Gascon. No one talks like Gascon. No one can get a three-time sex offender illegal immigrant off like Gascon. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to know who. <laughs> I did not just reference all of that for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. George Gascon. Uh, District Attorney Soros Extraordinaire of Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, was up for a recall. It seems that there are certain pattern types of patterns that you can count on, ladies and gentlemen, in these regions of the country. And of course, we speak specifically about Recall Town, California, okay? where every time you want to recall a bad guy, it just seems not to go the way of the peoples, right? No one smells like Gascon. No one talks like Gascon. That's right. No one gets off three-time sex-offending criminal illegal immigrants quite like Gascon. For he has come to a recall moment, and he appears to have... Rude the day, ladies and gentlemen. He is rude the day. Gascon dodges recall after, after Los Angeles County bans observers from monitoring the recall vote count. I'm pretty sure there is a fresh, brandly minted lawsuit in Los Angeles County somewhere. There's bound to be some type of a lawsuit that they can file against this abject criminality. Ladies and gentlemen, when poll observers and vote observers are disallowed from observing the count of the recall process. Pretty crazy, guys pretty crazy. May there be a golden lawsuit out there somewhere, ladies and gentlemen. Radical Marxist Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon 
dodged recall efforts after Los Angeles County banned observers from monitoring the recall vote count. Observers were not allowed to monitor the vote counting in the effort to recall George Gascon. The Gascon recall petition was approved in January after the residents of Los Angeles had enough of the Soros DA's soft-on-crime policies. The Los Angeles County Registrar of Voters said observers are only allowed in standard elections and the recall does not qualify. That is malarkey, ladies and gentlemen. If you have ever heard of the word malarkey, as said by your beloved 44th, 45th, 46th fake president, malarkey. This is malarkey, ladies and gentlemen, on Monday. The Los Angeles County Registrar announced that the recall efforts failed because not enough valid signatures were collected. They'll always have some type of weird house bunk excuse, ladies and gentlemen, about the collected signatures. But this, according to the L.A. County Registrar, 520,050 signatures were valid and 1,900, sorry, 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 195,783 were not valid. Here's the breakdown of the invalid signatures according to the registrar. Not registered, 88,464 people. Not registered. Max number of times signed. There are duplicates. 43,593 duplicates. 32,187 of a different address. 9,490 that had mismatched signatures. 5,374 that were out of county addresses. And 9,331 listed as other. Okay. Sure, sure. And uh, it makes me wonder if they have a process, per se, to fix their own overrides. Probably not. They probably don't. Here is the press release from this uh, situation, ladies and gentlemen. Registrar Recorder County Clerk completes petition verification for district attorney recall attempt. Los Angeles County Registrar slash Recorder County Clerk Dean C. Logan announced the RRCC has completed the examination and verification of all 715,833 petition signatures submitted for the recall of Los Angeles County District Attorney George Cascon. Based on the examination and verification, which was conducted in compliance with the statutory and regulatory requirements of the California Government Code, Elections Code and Code of Regulations, 5,020 signatures and 50 were found to be valid and 195,783 were found to be invalid, ladies and gentlemen. And it gives you the breakdown just as we read it, ladies and gentlemen. Recall, no pun intended, I'm sure, George Cascon announced radical policy changes shortly after he was elected in late 2020. He wanted to end cash bail by January 2021. 
He wanted conviction integrity units to be in place. He wanted no death penalty. He wanted felony charging, no longer seeking enhancements, including gang affiliation. Juveniles will not be tried as adults and use of force review boards to reopen fatal officer involved shooting for cases that went back as far as 2012. Gascon was previously the DA of San Francisco and absolutely turned that place into a hell hole. Ladies and gentlemen, George Gascon escapes, escapes his recall attempt. Is that not something else, ladies and gentlemen? Is that not something else? That's right. That's right. Oh, D Patriot, thank you for the cookie. Sean Joe, thank you so much for the cookie. Kiss, good evening. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for being in the audience and for dropping linkages into the audience. Aha, uh -huh. that's right. Nobody smells like Gascon, Disco Ball Chaser. <laughs> Somebody got the joke. All right. Oh, but uh, didn't ride the malarkey bus. Uh, looks like Shanjo caught another one right in the kissa, ladies and gentlemen. Anyhow, uh, jokes aside, he is acting. He is really the mastermind. He actually stays up for three days to get his speech written. <laughs> Who are you talking about, Timbajet? <laughs> Are you talking about Gascon here? Or are you talking about O'Biden? O'Biden from the basement, ladies and gentlemen. O'Biden from the basement. All right. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting story there. If you think about it, I guess maybe not. I mean, is this something that you would just expect because it's L.A., just because it's California, that, uh, that um, um, you know, people like uh, Gruesome Newsome and, uh, and uh, Smells Like Gascon can get away with recall cheats? Yeah, well, we've yet to hear all the stories to come out of this. I mean, come on. Not allowing count observers to be present says a lot, ladies and gentlemen. It says a lot. And there's still so much information and news regarding these, um, you know, uh, fraudulent moments that seem to be had here in America, right? What is up with that? When did we get so used to these fraudulent moments here in America so as to put up with them as if though they meant nothing? And uh, here we are counting down to September 3rd, if not before, should be well before then, ladies and gentlemen, if you know what I'm talking about, you shouldn't have to parse through the speculations. Here is another story. Uh, it's coming out of Georgia. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, a Georgia county that found, they found 2,600 votes for Trump in November 2020 are now suddenly missing all of their election day log files. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, count down to September 3rd. We are go team not America. That's right. There is a Team America, but there is also a Team Not America, and that is the one 
That is the one team that is depending on everyone to erase their election data before September 3rd. Here, the thing is, however, and of course, September 3rd is the expiration date for the federal guideline. And that's just about that. So let's take a look at this handy dandy article, ladies and gentlemen, as it will fill you with much life. Georgia County that found 2,600 votes for Trump in November 2020 is missing election day log files. During the Georgia recount in the November 2020 election, the Gateway Pundit reported that Floyd County came under tremendous scrutiny from the state's voting system manager, Gabriel Sterling, when they allegedly found approximately 2,600 votes. The error was immediately written off as a failure to upload a machine's memory card. According to Sterling, it's not an equipment issue. It's a person not executing their job properly issue. This is the kind of situation that requires a change at the top of their management side. Does it not sound like, ladies and gentlemen, this would be the voice of that man making such statements? Gabriel Sterling? Gabriel Sterling, Deputy Secretary of Snakes for the Secretary of Snakes of Georgia. That's right, because it's actually that Fuchs lady that's the Deputy Secretary of Snakes. He's their servant boy, Gabriel Sterling. You guys all remember Gabriel Sterling, don't you? Of course you do. He held many a job in the Georgia Secretary of State's uh, purview, ladies and gentlemen. Doing many a thing for Bradford Raffensperger and for that uh, Deputy Secretary of Snakes, Fuchs. What was her first name? Stephanie? Tiffany? Tiffany? Stephanie Fuchs? Ladies and gentlemen, worked for Landmark Communications. Do you remember? Landmark Communications. He was the vice president of the firm. Landmark Communications that runs Democrats like Republicans. This is where Sterling comes from. This is where Fuchs comes from. This is where Raffensperger comes from, ladies and gentlemen. Fuchs and Sterling. Sterling and Fuchs. Ladies and gentlemen, Fuchs just said, We'll have to speak to your manager! That's what Fuchs just said, okay? And Sterling says the same thing. Remember this story here. Georgia's Secretary of State's office received before the 2020 election. There was $16 million, ladies and gentlemen, $16 million, okay, that vanished, ladies and gentlemen. It vanished. What does the story have to say? Before the 2020 election, some very strange moves took place place within the Georgia Secretary of State's office? Why were these made and what happened to the millions in grants the office received? We know that Georgia Secretary of State Bradford Raffensperger has a propensity to not tell the truth. 
Georgia Secretary of Snakes Raffensperger launched investigation into President Trump's phone call with the state after lying about his call and trashing the evidence. We also know Raffensperger's main man, Gabe Gabriel Sterling, also has problems with the truth. Georgia elections official Gabe Sterling claims processing was normal at the State Farm Arena election night. Nothing could be further from the truth. Of course, Raffensperger and Sterling were involved in giving the state of Georgia to Joe Biden by 11,000 votes when still to this day, over 350,000 ballots were counted where their legally required chain of custody documentation is still missing, which makes them invalid. Invalid, ladies and gentlemen, invalid. We don't know why Raffensperger and Sterling are not being honest about the results in Georgia, but we do know that the state received millions in grants before the 2020 election, and we don't really know where it all went. How much do you want to bet some of that went to, oh, I don't know, maybe it went over to, uh, it went over to, um, you know, uh, Ruth, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it went over to Lady Ruth, ladies and gentlemen, and, and Wandrea Shamos, and Ruby Freeman, and Lady Ruth, their church lady friend, ladies and gentlemen, that's where this money went. You know where this money went? that uh, was given to Georgia by the Zuckerbucks, that money went to pay off, I don't know, maybe 242 mules that trafficked ballots between every single drop box that is unconstitutional in the county of Fulton or my name ain't Mr. C. That's where that money went, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly where that money went. And uh, inquiring minds want to know. Article continues, ladies and gentlemen. It says here, for example, it was reported that the state received $11 million in COVID relief for the election through the Secretary of State's office. As we noted in the post below, the contact person at the end of the letter is Gabriel Sterling, who was appointed the COO of the Secretary of State's office by Bradford Raffensperger, who at the time was the brand new Secretary of Snakes. Shortly after Raffensperger was elected to the position in November 2018, Raffensperger's predecessor was Brian Kemp, who had just been elected Georgia's governor. Whoa, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Did anyone ever notice that about the Secretary of State's office in Georgia? Nobody knew. Did nobody think to think about this at all, ladies and gentlemen? Brian Kemp, the... Brian Kemp, Gubna, Gubna of Georgia, quite often the floss between Abraham, uh, what do you call it, Stacey Abrams' butt cheeks, right? The Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State in the state of Georgia, rotting peaches, barrels, and buckets full of them, 
Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State just prior to Bradford Rottenberger's Raffenberger's snake pit of an office? Are you kidding me? Could it get any better, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, the fix, as they say, is in. If Brian Kemp was the Secretary of State just prior to Raffensperger, and uh, Kemp goes on to be the governor, and uh, Raffensperger makes sure he beats freaking David Perdue by freaking 70, 80 points? Are you kidding me? Could it be any more perfect? Could it be any more clearly perfect? Who is in cahoots here with who in the state of Georgia? Ladies and gentlemen, you see, sometimes you just need to go back a little to get that nice smack-in-the-face type of a memory. And it's like, dang, wait, what? The house is on fire, ladies and gentlemen, because Bradford Raffensperger was preceded by Brian Kemp as the Secretary of State in Georgia. If my name ain't Mr. C, it's Mr. Clean, ladies and gentlemen. That is insane. That is just downright insane. If you are not as flabbergasted by this revelatory revelation, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how you revelate. Jeez Louise. Okay, the uh, article continues, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I just had to have that little bit of a moment there. In the April 15th letter, Sterling lists a private Gmail account address as his email account. The letter states, if you have any questions about this request, please contact our statewide voting system implementation manager, Gabriel Sterling at sterlinginnovative at gmail.com. Why wouldn't Raffensperger refer the Election Assistance Commission to his COO, the employee in charge of budgetary issues for the Secretary of State's office? Why instead send them to Sterling as Georgia's statewide voting system implementation manager? Well, it turns out that Sterling also had his own LLC called Sterling Innovation Solutions with the registered agent listed is Robert Gabriel Sterling, as noted in the post below. There are a number of questions about this $11 million and Raffensperger and Sterling's connection to it. Whatever happened to the $11 million given to Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger for COVID relief? Another example, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook gave millions to his charity, which in turn gave millions to swing states. Georgia received $5 million in Zuckerbucks, and Raffensperger's office says they spent it on public service announcements and similar activities. Yeah, a likely situation, right? Sterling and Raffensperger and Fuchs living high on the hog, ladies and gentlemen. This too led back to Sterling. We also know that Sterling and Raffensperger signed off on the state's contract with Dominion 
in 2019, and Sterling signed as the COO for the Secretary of State's office, which was obtained through a FOIA request. And there is that request of FOIA. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Sterling on a LinkedIn claims he is now the COO again and CFO of the Secretary of State's office. It is against the state's policy and procedure for him to be both the COO and the CFO at the same time. Before this, he was the voting systems implementation manager. And before that, he was COO. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of fishy stuff about this Gabriel Sterling should be bringing some memories of back, back, back. Sterling works before joining the Secretary of State. His work um, involved things like advertising. He appears to have been in activities related to press releases for political campaigns as far back as 1996. Let's see if it doesn't have that one in particular. Oh, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. Landmark Communications of Georgia from 2005 to 2012 as the vice president. Systematized production and pricing. Successfully increased gross margins of public productions sold. Prospected new business and expanded client base directed overall campaign strategy for races at all levels. At Landmark, Sterling was involved in all sorts of campaign and activities like advertising. Delivering your campaign message requires innovative and effective advertising in order to break through the clutter in voters' mailboxes, on TV, radio, and via the internet. Effectively advertising the message takes multiple types of advertising. Landmark creates and manages effective direct mail, TV, phoning, radio, billboards, and e-campaigns to deliver your message. During an election cycle, Landmark will send millions of pieces of mail on behalf of our clients, coordinate over a million phone calls, volunteers, and paid, and manage production of dozens of television ads, we manage the creation of billboards, signs, radio ads, newspaper ads, and development state-of-the-art websites that attract thousands of visitors. We are experienced at what works in the political field and what does not. That was for Landmark Communications, the same place that runs Democrats as Republicans in the state of Georgia. The AJC reports about Sterling's odd employment situation in December. I believe that's the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The man who oversees Georgia's voting system, Gabriel Sterling, negotiated a $200,000 per year contract for himself last year, quit his state government job, and has worked as an independent contractor ever since. The Secretary of State's office awarded the contract to Sterling under an emergency procurement without a competitive bidding process, said Deputy Secretary of State Jordan Fuchs. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. 
So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the C report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm/the C report. And thanks y'all. I knew her name was Fuchs. I just did not know her first name was Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. But there you go. A lot of rot behind this worm, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of rot behind the worm known as Gabriel Sterling. And uh, interesting to note that up at this point in time, Gabriel Sterling is still appearing in our modern day election stories. What does that tell you, ladies and gentlemen? What does that tell you? Gabriel Sterling, with all of this weight held, held behind him, still involved in these election stories, ladies and gentlemen. Gabriel Sterling, the guy who looks like Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee! Gabriel Sterling, ladies and gentlemen. Gabriel Sterling. So, what is a Gabriel Sterling to do, ladies and gentlemen, when you're still being fingered for the worst election that ever transpired in Georgia or in the history of these United States of America, Gabriel Sterling? So, while Sterling was saying on November 16th, 2020, that it was a memory card that was not uploaded... The officials that were in the Floyd County Elections Office on November 17, 2020, said they did not think it was a memory card and they could rule out a memory card that wasn't scanned, as they confirmed this assertion amongst themselves. The Dominion reps in the background, of course, had no comment, but did not refute the officials that ruled out the memory card. Okay? Recall... 2,600 votes get found, ladies and gentlemen. Now the data is missing. Ironically, the same missing memory card excuse has happened in several other locations during the recount and again in the 2021 election in DeKalb County and again in the 2022 primary election in Fulton County. Perhaps a more logical explanation is in order. Perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, there is a more sensible explanation. In the military, if a junior officer or NCO fails to execute their job properly, you could potentially chalk it up as a mistake. If more than two have the same failure, there is perhaps a top-down leadership issue. If it happens consistently, year after year after year, it's time to scratch the entire system and call into question any results derived from the system 
It's also worth noting that a ranking officer who falsely throws his lieutenants and captains under the bus in the name of self-preservation is among the lowest life forms in existence. Recently, an open records request was submitted to Floyd County for their system log files. Floyd County responded that the documents could only be sent in physical paper format. This is an excessive amount of paper to print and send. It totaled over 600 pages and cost over $70 just to ship it, in addition to the $60 it cost to print it. Once the physical paper logs arrived, it was, it was brought to the attention of the Secretary of State that some locations, such as San Francisco, post their system log files for Dominion machines in digital format on their elections website open to the public. The Secretary of State's office later reversed course on this and allowed digital format log files to be sent. However, Floyd County still only sent a PDF of the scanned physical log, not the actual slog.txt file that was requested when this was brought up. The significance of the slog.txt files compared to scanned.pdf files is the ability to search the document and check the metadata from the document. With the metadata, you can see creation dates and times, deletions, modifications, etc. Those are significant resources for holding our government accountable. Upon inspecting the system log files that were provided in paper format and eventually scanned digital.pdf, something strange was discovered. Floyd County has system log files for the October early in-person voting but only up until October 19th, 2020. Document below shows 16th, but one row is missing from the image. When the November 3, 2020 Election Day title page comes up, though, it skips a page and goes directly to November 24, 2020, which was when the second machine recount began. The entire election event from October 20th through November 23rd is missing. Dun, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Floyd County's attorneys uh, claim that the county handed over all the records they have for this request. Is that not a humdinger, ladies and gentlemen? Where's Gabriel Sterling now, ladies and gentlemen? One might want to take note. The explanation is given that the tech running the RTR server on election night did not take the necessary measures to capture and retain the log files. Um, and uh, that is inexplicable. There is no method for retaining log files. I've consulted with two experts in not just computers and election systems, and both have confirmed that this is not something that you have to set up to retain. It does it automatically, especially because they are records that should be retained under 52 USC section 2701. They may not have chosen to upload them to the EMS, whether initial, intentional or not, the Dominion software gives them the option to upload ballot images and system logs. However, 
Choosing not to do so at that time does not delete the files. They are still records that should be maintained under federal law. They would have to be manually or remotely deleted from the memory cards for those records not to exist. But what if you had another run, you had to run another election? The memory cards only cost about $30 to $40, so deletion in preparation for another election is an unforgivable excuse. This is an unfortunately all too often reoccurring incident in the state of Georgia. Election records that should be maintained that are either deleted or were never retained in the first place. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That story out of Georgia. Very interesting story that out of Georgia. So, um... September 3rd, ladies and gentlemen, September 3. That is the day, ladies and gentlemen, that is the day when uh, they can legally erase all of the election data. Good thing that uh, this notion has caught fire. Good thing it's caught on. Good thing people are doing things about it and that people are things about doing it. Things are, ladies and gentlemen, very, very good. But uh, we'll continue to see these types of examples through and through. You know, nothing's going to happen, it would seem. Nothing's going to happen to the election tech or the election worker or the county clerk or whomever it was that's in charge of those election records. Even though it's less than 30 days away from its expiration, it's still a broken law. Will anyone see justice served? Will we see this thing happen, ladies and gentlemen? That is the good question. That is a good question indeed. All right, guys, let's move on to our next story for this evening. Go to shop Mr. C online store at www.thecreport.com. Click on store on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776reborn at checkout. All right, you're looking at the next, uh, yay. <laughs> Like those colors, Hagman. Like those colors. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of control here with Harriet Hagman. <laughs> She's the winner, ladies and gentlemen. She's the winner. That's right. Winner. Chicken dinner, ladies and gentlemen, over there in Wyoming. Clap, clap. Clap, clap, ladies and gentlemen, clap, clap. Here we go. Here's another one. Where on earth, ladies and gentlemen, where on earth? Not that, no. I want to know where on earth, ladies and gentlemen, do they find these people? Where do they find these people, ladies and gentlemen? I just got to ask for a friend. 
Where do they find these people? Where? I'm just so curious to know, ladies and gentlemen. So curious to know. She'll do great. Undoubtedly speaking, she will do great. Don't know where it's coming from, but it's coming. It's not going, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going. It's coming. It's a coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's a coming. Ooh, it's a coming. Get ready for it. Oh my goodness. Are we in for the ride of our lives, ladies and gentlemen? Are we in for the ride of our lives? I'm just saying. Get off my screen, Hagman. Get off my screen. <laughs> Congratulations to Harriet Hagman. Dethroning another impeacher of the dawn. Now in his dark MAGA comeback, he takes out the 10, ladies and gentlemen. The 10. All right. That's exciting, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? That is exciting. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? She'd go down this soon. Timberjet says, CIA clone camp. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Lordy. I don't know, Timberjet. I don't know, but I've been told. I don't know, but I have been told. Something about Crossfire Hurricane, ladies and gentlemen. Something about Crossfire Hurricane. Okay, we all remember, we all know, we all uh, we all love Crossfire Hurricane. Okay. It was it was a highly developmental moment in the lives of many of us, ladies and gentlemen. A highly developmental moment in the lives of many of us, right? It was our first major heist, you know, our first major heist together, ladies and gentlemen, as one united patriotic family to learn about the fraudulence, the fraudulency of the Russia, 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 ladies and gentlemen, blow up in their face and yet nothing occurs, nothing happens. Nothing transpires for accountability, culpability, or any type of ability to respond. Ladies and gentlemen, Crossfire Hurricane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, all these documents that were declassified. Now, if anyone is ever wondering why there's been such a hang-up, why nothing has seemed to move forward, why it appears that we are standing at a bottleneck, well, you guys will recall about the bureaucratic um, coup d'etat that took place in the halls of Washington in November. That's right. We've told you all it was not just a physical in real life coup d'etat, right? It was not just an election theft and election stealing election fraud coup d'etat. It was not just going to be that. It was going to be a kinetic, in-your-face, Antifa, Black Lives uh, Matter people 
uh, fighting patriots in the streets, kind of coup d'etat as well. Uh, but the other level of the coup d'etat was also at the um, bureaucratic level, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, all the paper pushers, all the pen pushers suddenly getting sick for a few weeks, maybe taking a month off, maybe going on vacation. Maybe it's time for that winter cruise, ladies and gentlemen. And that is exactly where some of this comes into play. But uh, a bottleneck of sorts, it seems. Documents that should have been declassified, documents that were declassified, still held at the seams, at the reams, ladies and gentlemen. The reams and reams of documents that are not being allowed the light of day. Crossfire hurricane documents being among those, ladies and gentlemen, not being released. Two United States attorneys general defy President Trump's order. It's now been 19 months, ladies and gentlemen, and the lawless DOJ will not release the crossfire hurricane documents. What's that all about? It goes this way. President Trump declassified a binder on January 19th, 2021, that contains hundreds of pages about the Crossfire Hurricane scandal. It contains damaging information about the corrupt actors involved with our government. Two different DOJ attorney generals have defied President Trump's direct lawful order to publish the binder in the Federal Register. It's been 19 months as the DOJ defies the order and every FOIA request to make it public. Can we now raid the homes of acting AG Monty Wilkinson and Merrick Garland? And there is your memorandum on declassification of certain materials related to the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation. The DOJ had already made redactions to protect sources and methods and returned the binder back to the White House. But the corrupt FBI also wanted to hide names. So at the last minute, the DOJ demanded the binder comply with the 1974 Privacy Act. The act requires any agency that releases records to also hide personal or identifiable name information. The DOJ knew this act does not apply to the White House. It was still a stall tactic. The courts decided this 22 years ago that the Privacy Act was based around FOIA requests and that the White House is not an agency. He, hours before Trump left office on January 20th, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows gave the binder back to the DOJ along with this memo. He asked the DOJ to make any privacy act to make any privacy act redactions out of an abundance of caution. In the memo, he asks they expeditiously release the binder when finished. Meadows foolishly expected this would take three to four days. It's been 19 months and still not released. Just the news, who's become mostly questionable, recently obtained the Meadows memo from the National Archives, who also denied having a copy of the declassified binder. Meadows admits in interviews, various agencies often stalled for or defied Trump's orders. Meadows knew better than to rely on the DOJ to release this damaging binder after they left the White House. 
he should have released the binder to the public himself. But in doing so, there was a chance he would become a target of the DOJ and the FBI. The memorandum below is what Mr. Meadows sent to the DOJ Attorney General on January 20th, 2021. Let's take a gander. I want to take a gander. There we go. Much better. So this says, Memorandum for the Attorney General. Privacy Act review of certain declassified materials related to the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation. By memorandum dated January 19th, 2021, the president declassified certain materials related to the Federal Bureau of Investigation's Crossfire Hurricane investigation. The president's memorandum specifically stated, my decision to declassify materials within the binder is subject to the limits identified above and does not extend to materials that must be protected from disclosure pursuant to orders of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court and does not require the disclosure of certain personally identifiable information or any other materials that must be protected from disclosure under applicable law. Based on a directions provided to the Department of Justice and our understanding that a review for the protecting the privacy interests had been conducted on the, by the Department of Justice, and the additional redactions to protect privacy interests had been applied to the materials. The president also stated, at my direction, the attorney general has conducted an appropriate review to ensure that materials provided in the binder may be disclosed by the White House in accordance with applicable law. We understand that the Office of Legal Counsel has advised that the Privacy Act does not apply to the White House and thus would not apply to any disclosure of documents by the White House. Nevertheless, we do not intend to disclose materials that would violate the standards of the Privacy Act, and in particular materials the disclosure of which would constitute an unwarranted invasion of personal privacy. Accordingly, I am returning the bulk of the binder of declassified documents to the Department of Justice, including all that appear to have a potential to raise privacy concerns with the instruction that the department must expeditiously conduct a Privacy Act review under the standards that the Department of Justice would normally apply, redact material proportionately, and release the remaining material with the redactions applied. So saith that memorandum, ladies and gentlemen, the binder has intercept transcripts made by the FBI on various Trump staff. It has the tasking orders and debriefings of Christopher Steele and Stephen Helper, the FBI's main human sources. There is a copy of the final FISA warrant approved by an intelligence court. It also contains details about Fiona Hill, who introduced Steele to the FBI, and much more. There is a tremendous important information in this binder that has never seen the light of day. It is possible a copy of this binder was at Mar-a-Lago? 
Using a FOIA, many have tried to obtain the binder or communications around the redactions. On August 8, 2022, Judicial Watch finally filed a lawsuit against the DOJ to obtain these Russian hoax documents. Former Pentagon Chief of Staff Kash Patel, who helped the House Intelligence Committee unravel the false Russia narrative, said, It is illegal to hide documents from publication through the FOIA process. If their role is, uh, if their sole purpose is to cover up an embarrassment or unlawful activity, and that's what's going on right now. When Meadows delivered the binder and his memo to the DOJ, Jeffrey A. Rosen, who was the acting attorney general, um, is the one whom he delivered it to. That afternoon of the 20th, after the transfer of power, Monty Wilkinson became the acting attorney general. It was Wilkinson, a former holder slash Lynch crony, who is responsible for representing or for preventing the release of the binder. He sat on it for seven weeks until Merrick Garland was sworn in on March 11th. Garland then appointed Wilkinson a director who now oversees the executive office for the United States attorneys. Ew, Monty and Merrick sitting in a tree. Wilkinson and Garland, I-I-S-S-I-N-G. So that's uh, quite the scandal, ladies and gentlemen. That's quite the scandal. Blame that on one Monty Wilkinson. I guess one could if one wanted to. Um, yeah. And so these were to have been released... Uh, how many months ago, it says, ladies and gentlemen, and yet you have uh, attorneys, generals, and IGs, and all the likes sitting on paperwork, sitting on documents, not, not allowing it to uh, see the light of day. And this in regards to Crossfire Hurricane, and clearly not that others have not attempted to see such things, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, pretty, pretty crazy, if you ask me. Pretty crazy, okay? But now, uh, leaning a little bit deeper into the Mar-a-Lago travesty, ladies and gentlemen. The tragedy, the uh, thing that was sick beyond words, ladies and gentlemen. It appears that we have uh, the federal officers also opposing or standing in opposition to unsealing the federal warrant that went into this entire raid sting happening in the first place. Take a gander. Feds oppose unsealing affidavit for Mar-a-Lago warrant. This from the Associated Press. The Justice Department on Monday rebuffed efforts to make public the affidavit supporting the search warrant for President Donald Trump's estate in Florida saying the investigation implicates highly classified material and the document contains sensitive information about witnesses. Then comes the question, who is the one that reported it? What did they see and what did they know and when, ladies and gentlemen? The government's opposition came in response to court filings by several news organizations, including the Associated Press, seeking to unseal the underlying affidavit the Justice Department submitted when it asked for the Trump, 
for the warrant to search Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Uh, and that was earlier this month. The court filing from Juan Antonio Gonzalez, the U.S. attorney in Miami, and uh, Jay Bratt, a top Justice Department national security official, argues that making the affidavit public would cause, ins- would cause significant and irreparable damage to this ongoing criminal investigation. Okay, so releasing the particulars of the search warrant would make it harder for them to investigate criminally the proceedings. That makes absolutely no sense, ladies and gentlemen. It makes absolutely no sense. The document, the prosecutors say, details highly sensitive information about witnesses, including people who have been interviewed by the government and contains confidential grand jury information. The government told a federal magistrate judge that the prosecutors believe some additional records, including the cover sheet for the warrant and the government's request to seal the documents, should now be made public. A property receipt unsealed Friday showed that the FBI seized 11 sets of classified documents, with some not only marked top secret, but also sensitive compartmented information, a special category meant to protect the nation's most important secrets that, if revealed publicly, could cause exceptionally grave damage to United States interests. The records did not provide specific details about information the documents might contain. Mm Mm-hmm. The Justice Department acknowledged Monday that its ongoing investigation, criminally speaking, implicates highly classified material. Interesting. The search warrant also unsealed Friday said federal agents were investigating potential violations of three different federal laws, including one that governs gathering, transmitting, or losing defense information under the Espionage Act. The other statute addresses the concealment, mutilation, or removal of records and the destructions, alterations, and falsifications of records in federal investigations. The Mar-a-Lago search warrant carried out last Monday was part of an ongoing Justice Department investigation into the discovery of classified White House records recovered from Trump's home earlier this year. The National Archives had asked the department to investigate after saying 15 boxes of records it retrieved from the estate included classified records. It remains unclear whether the Justice Department moved forward with the warrant simply as a means to prevent or sorry to retrieve the records as part of a wider criminal investigation or an attempt to prosecute the former president. Multiple federal laws governing the handling of classified information, both criminal and civil penalties, as well as presidential records. But the Justice Department, in its filing Monday, argued that its investigation is actively and ongoing and that uh, releasing additional information could not only compromise the probe. uh, That is to say what? That uh, the bad guys signed off on it and they don't want people to know about it. And so because of that, they decide to make it classified because it would compromise the probe if you knew it was the bad guys who were actually in charge of the probe. That is sound logic to me, ladies and gentlemen. 
That is sound logic to me. And I think they would use that kind of logic and they would say it was sound because it is. Okay? But it also says that they uh, would not release any information because um, additional uh, subject witnesses to threat. Oh, it would also subject witnesses to threats or deter others from coming forward to cooperate with prosecutors. If disclosed, the affidavit would serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation, providing specific details about it, its direction and likely course in a manner that is highly likely to compromise future investigative steps, the government wrote in the court filing. And that is that, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting. So uh, that will continue to be their reason, ladies and gentlemen, regardless. Look, Trump might have stashed documents at Mar-a-Lago for too deeply damaging. Do you want to see what it says? You see? We talk about Crossfire Hurricane. They talk about hurricane season, ladies and gentlemen. Read them and weep. Let's see what this story has to say. Trump might have stashed documents at Mar-a-Lago for two deeply damaging and troubling reasons. Ooga booga. Here you go. Here is your legacy press type of, uh, you know, dog pile, ladies and gentlemen. Be not amused. Be not surprised. What is it that they've got to say? What is their angle? What is their angle? Speculations, it says, as speculations continue to mount over what classified documents President Donald Trump has and why he chose to remove them from the White House at the end of his tenure, Bloomberg contributor and Trump biographer Timothy L. O'Brien writes that Trump and his allies claims of political persecution have drowned out the more uh, pressing questions as to why the FBI conducted the raid in the first place. According to O'Brien, there are three likely reasons Trump wanted to keep the classified information to himself. If, 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 if what the information exactly is, isn't all that clear yet. The first reason, O'Brien said, could simply be due to Trump's immature need to hold on to the exclusively and privileged nature of the presidency he now no longer holds. Isn't it so interesting the way they always kind of like um, boil it down to a simple character flaw for President Trump? As if though to believe that the character flaw of being immature and wanting to hold on to something that you could no longer have was the main reason why President Trump decided to keep supposedly confidential documents. You know, so ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen, so ridiculous. But Trump might have also deeply damaging and troubling reasons for retaining the material. This fool O'Brien goes on to say... O'Brien is quite the fool. O'Brien! Oh, I thought O'Brien vanished, but O'Brien is still here with us. Okay. 
Oh, is this O'Brien? Now, the, the question is, do we think that we could stomach such things, ladies and gentlemen? Because if we believe we do, we just might. But the question is, if we can, will we? And I think to answer that question, my friends, we will simply have to try. And try, we might. Here we go. And try, we might. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Let's go deeper into this with Mark Zaid. He's an attorney who specializes in cases involving national security and security clearances. Mark, thanks for uh, being here. I want to I want to put a little uh, meat on those bones that Sadie started to give us. Um, explain to me what the difference is between what we might see in that affidavit, meaning the whole reasoning behind this uh, th- this search warrant and what they were looking for versus what some people accused the FBI of doing. And that was being on a fishing expedition. Well, the affidavit that provides the supporting information would give a template as to what they were basing it on. You know, did they have an informant? Would it necessarily indicate the identity, obviously, of the informant? But it would give details to allow the magistrate judge to understand that there was probable cause that a crime or crimes were committed. And it is not typical that an affidavit of this type would be released at this early stage. Later on, I've I've handled Uh, Freedom of Information Act cases involving Espionage Act prosecutions. We've gotten copies of those supporting affidavits, but years after the prosecution ended. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the levels of classification. I was just talking to Sadie about that. There were different things in there, and the the warrant specifically asked for different things in here. What do they mean? For our purposes, whether something is top secret or classified or uh, compartmented, are these distinctions relevant to us, or is it all bad? No, they are important distinctions. Now, the first thing to understand is under the Espionage Act, which is one of the statutes that could be at play, that act goes back over a century. It talks about national defense information because it was written before we have the current classification status and framework. Now, that means actually the information doesn't even have to be classified, although I do not know of any recent prosecutions under the act where the information was not, and I dare say I can't imagine the Justice Department would go after the president for unclassified information under the Espionage Act. But the executive order that sets forth different levels of classification, confidential, secret, top secret, then SCI, which you mentioned, is sort of, if you think of an an offshoot of one of TS, could also be under secret, or a, a SAP, which is special access programs, Those pertain to the levels of harm by definition that would be caused to the United States if that information were released, whether to a foreign power or to the media uh, or never just retained in a location where others who are unauthorized might have access to it. You tweeted about 10 minutes ago that uh, Donald Trump via Breitbart released unredacted copies of property receipts containing the names of FBI agents. Based on his history, this can only be interpreted as an intentional uh, intention to cause these special agents, one of whom I know, and their families grief and subject them to possible threats. Now, obviously, we're not we're not putting that up. Um, do you think that that was do you think that's deliberate or do you think they they got the thing and they published it? 
he didn't have a requirement to redact the information. Uh, uh, but when I file papers uh, that have email addresses and identifying information of agents in my court cases, I know it's best in today's world, unfortunately, to redact that information out. There is no need for the public to know the identities of the FBI agents. If the lawyers for Trump want to make an issue of these agents, hey, that's fair game. Go right ahead. Knock yourself out. But by putting this out there, uh, just like we saw in the attack on the FBI's field office in Cincinnati, just like I saw with death threats against me where individuals were prosecuted, all because of Donald Trump and folks like Rush Limbaugh and other Fox News uh, TV commentators who mentioned my name in conjunction with the cases I've handled against the administration, uh, that brings about consequences. Uh, and those are not good consequences. You wrote on Twitter as well, and this is interesting, that anybody inside the Secret Service who knew the classified documents were being stored at Mar-a-Lago would have had a duty to report it up the chain. Their loyalty is to the government, not not to um, a president or a former president. Do you th- Do you have any idea whether that's where this information came from? We don't know who the informant is at the moment or whether there are multiple informants or or where the government got their information from. No, we don't. We, we of course, do not know that, just as Sadie mentioned. And there's a number of questions that need to be looked at for this investigation that go well beyond just Donald Trump. Who packed the materials at the White House to ship them down to Mar-a-Lago? Who knew about the documents being present at Mar-a-Lago? How many former White House officials or individuals who held or maybe still hold in some capacity a security clearance were aware that these documents were at Mar-a-Lago? Once the documents were retrieved a few months ago by the National Archives and the FBI, who was aware that there still were documents that are classified, marked classified, still at Mar-a-Lago? The issue with the Secret Service is a complicated one because historically, and I've represented many Secret Service agents and officers, these are some of the most distinguished law enforcement personnel that uh, work for the federal government. The the Secret Service primarily always imparts upon their membership, never ever reveal anything about a protectee. But we learned during the Clinton, Lewinsky, uh, Judge Starr independent counsel investigation that there is no privilege of protecting the protectee, that these agents and officers, in this case, agents who are on the protective detail for the former president, are law enforcement officers. And if they were aware of classified information being held at Mar-a-Lago at any time, they had a duty to report that up their management chain. Now, maybe they did if they knew. And that's a very interesting question that the inspector general's at Department of Homeland Security and Justice might want to look into to see. You mentioned the Espionage Act. We have had people prosecuted under the Espionage Act in recent years. Chelsea Manning, reality winner. Um, is there is there some reason to believe that Donald Trump is insulated from the same kinds of charges that those individuals have faced? There are some defenses, without a doubt, that Trump and his lawyers will raise, primarily because the statutes in question were never intended or envisioned to be operable against the president of the United States. So sometimes there are references to executive branch employees or officers, and the debate will be, does that include the president of the United States? Now, cases like Chelsea Manning, who, whose book I actually helped 
uh, go through pre-publication review recently so that it was properly reviewed uh, or reality winner cases where individuals obtained classified information uh, illegally and released it illegally are different than what this case might be. And it's important to understand there doesn't have to be any intent or allegation that the president or those around him were going to sell the information or leak it to the right wing media, left wing media, who cares, or a foreign power. Possession of that information in a location where they are not authorized to have it is just as sufficient. And just three years ago, a former NSA. And this just in, ladies and gentlemen, this just in. All right. It appears in the bout of Wyoming, ladies and gentlemen. In the bout in the state of Wyoming. I don't know where they find these people from, but they find them. It appears that Trump-backed Harriet Hagman, ladies and gentlemen, Harriet Hagman of Wyoming has defeated pro-impeachment former vice chair and chair vice of the January 6th Unselect Committee, Lizard Cheney, ladies and gentlemen. Lizard Cheney defeated tonight by Harriet Hagman. Ladies and gentlemen, where do they find these people, ladies and gentlemen? Where on earth do they find these people? I want to know. Tell me now, tell me now, ladies and gentlemen. Tell me now. Uh, 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 uh. Harriet Hagman takes the seat. Cheney was the most senior of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach President Donald Trump on a charge of inciting a deadly attack on the Capitol. Okay? Absolutely. The conservative lawmaker and defense hawk immediately came under verbal attack from Trump and his allies. And in May of last year, she was ousted from her number three House GOP leadership position. Cheney has been vocal in emphasizing the importance of defending the nation's democratic process and of putting country before party which she was doing for the bad guys. You get that, right? That's the double speak in that sentence right there. And she's only one of two Republicans serving on a special committee organized by House Democrats that is investigating the riot at the Capitol as false flag as it was. Lizard Cheney has already called Hagman to concede. There is now. They're going to hear you. (laughs) Anyhow, that was the executive producer, ladies and gentlemen, the executive producer. So I'm sure all of you all are just dying to know what I was just saying about Harriet Hagman and Lizard Cheney, ladies and gentlemen. And it was this. You will have to tune into the podcast to find out exactly what I said about Harriet Hagman and 
Lizard Cheney, ladies and gentlemen. All right. With that said, do you want to know what I found, though, guys, before we go to our final story of tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Before we go to our final story of tonight, dun, 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 is Harriet Hagman a bona fide Luciferian? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to figure this one out on our own as we, uh, <laughs> I don't know where this stuff comes from, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where this stuff comes from, but it's a coming, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's a coming. Uh, she looks like a Barbie doll or something, like some kind of a doll here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where this stuff comes from, okay? We're just putting it on the screen for mild entertainment purposes, all right? That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing, okay? Okay, 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 ladies and oh! It's Hagman again, ladies and gentlemen, make her go away. I can't make her go away. Okay, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Did you guys like that little shout out from the executive producer uh, person? <laughs> I bet that was mildly entertaining. Okay, I bet that was mildly entertaining. Look at this, guys. Just look at her. Look at her. Look at it. Look at this thing, okay? Now, I'm not saying anything about Cheney. I am just saying, what the hell? <laughs> what is going on with this world? Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my goodness, we live in quite the world, ladies and gentlemen. We live in quite the world. I cannot even begin to explain it to you guys. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Yavapai, thank you for donating 300 gold pills. We have to talk about the lizard loss. Indeed we do. We have to talk about it. We absolutely have to do. 123SKG, good evening. Thank you for gifting the can. Much appreciated. Didn't know you were there. there sweetie, thank you so much for the can. All right. And then, and then comes the mute gate. Okay. <laughs> Many apologies. Many apologies. You will definitely have to hear the podcast version of tonight's show if you want to find out exactly what I was saying about Harriet Hagman. I have no idea where they find these people. Okay, so for our last story for, our last story for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you back to space, okay? And the reason why we're going to do that is because you all realize that today, that's right, today, ladies and gentlemen... These could have been the very final moments that you spent on this fair planet. And you would have spent them with me here at the Sea Report and Mr. CTV. And that just makes my heart swell, ladies and gentlemen. 
for we had an asteroid that was 2.3 times the size of a dinosaur that was due to strike Earth today, ladies and gentlemen. And then, and then where would we have kept all of our stuff, right? Okay, so just, uh, just, just by way of some gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, some gratitude for those present, for those joining us over at pill.net, thefoxhole.app, Rumble, Twitch, Trovo, Odyssey, DLive, or Clout Hub. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, don't forget to like, subscribe, and to friend. Article says, an asteroid almost two and a half times the size of a dinosaur is set to have a close flyby with the Earth on Tuesday, that is today, according to NASA's asteroid tracker. This is even better than the Earth spinning fast, ladies and gentlemen. Even better than the Earth spinning fast, okay? The asteroid in question has been designated 2022 PW and is currently heading in our direction. The asteroid in question will pass by on August 16th, as noted by the Center for Near-Earth Object Studies at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, specifically at the speed of 7.47 kilometers per second, which equates to 26,892 kilometers per hour. It also is roughly equal to 22 times the speed of sound. So good luck trying to see it, ladies and gentlemen. What is especially noteworthy about this asteroid heading near Earth, however, is the distance. According to NASA's CNEOS, the asteroid 2022 PW is set to pass the Earth at a distance of approximately 529,000 kilometers. To put that in perspective, the moon on average orbits the Earth at a distance of around 384,000 kilometers. This means that asteroid 2022 PW will be farther from the Earth than the moon, but only slightly so. It will still be very close, especially on a cosmic scale. So according to this article, this asteroid that's like on a near hit collision with the Earth is uh, not that big, even though it's uh, two times the size of a di dinosaur. It says, for context, the long-necked sauropod dinosaur known as Brachiosaurus is thought by scientists to have been as long as 22 meters, which is around 2.3 times smaller than the asteroid I don't know folks if you think that's significant or not I don't know it appears that it's not going to hit the earth but it could have ladies and gentlemen some slight freak flip of nature could have sent it hurtling in our direction it is true that asteroids are one of the most dangerous possible natural disasters that could occur as the sheer level of destruction they can bring is nigh unparalleled and humanity has yet to develop a fully adequate means of defense against them, according to researchers from the Davidson Institute of Science, the educational arm of Israel's Wiseman Institute of Science, 
An asteroid over 140 meters in diameter would release an amount of energy at least a thousand times greater than that released by the first atomic bomb if it impacted Earth. I have become death. I have become death. Something even larger, over 300 meters wide, like the Apophis asteroid, could destroy an entire continent. An asteroid over a kilometer in width, like asteroid 138971 2001 CB21, which flew past the Earth in early March of 2022, could trigger a worldwide catastrophe. By but at this size, asteroid 2022 PW will likely not cause much damage if it impacts. It will likely cause a large, loud explosion upon atmospheric entry, but only actually damage would be minimal at best. At best! In other words, while asteroid 2022 PW may be measured in terms of dinosaurs, it won't be anywhere near as massive as the asteroid that actually managed to kill all of the dinosaurs. And uh, there's no telling if that is a real picture of some kind of explosion or, you know, if that's just the picture of one of the scientists throwing, uh, throwing a rock into their toilet bowl. Because they tend to make things up over there at NASA. Things tend not to be real. But uh, as for if an asteroid will impact the Earth in 2022, the answer is undoubtedly yes, or rather, yes, it already happened. In mid-March, the small asteroid 2022 EB-5, which was around half the size of a giraffe, actually hit the Earth, though it caused no damage. Boy, that's a bore. We only want to know about asteroids that hit the Earth, dang it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Your last day on Earth might have been spent at this broadcast. Something you might want to think about when you're thinking about how you spend your life. Aha! Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, and thank you, thank you for joining us on another evening, an evening of all evenings here at Mr. CTV. During the C-Report, live broadcasting at the C-Studios, I am Mr. C, your host, as always. It has been a privilege and an honor, and we shall return again, most likely tomorrow, uh, with some more news, views, perspectives, headlines from your host, as always, Mr. C. Visit thecreport.com for more information. Make sure you check out the store and also sign up for that mailing list. And uh, figure out where we broadcast live in the podcasts because there's bound to be one that is quite amicable with your preferences. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night. Thank you again for all of the gold pill donations over at the foxhole.app and pill.net. And to everyone else joining us this evening, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. And goodbye. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. 
At thecereport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecereport.com, that's www.thecereport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're going to die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is this bald man talking about, uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your sea report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. A win, win, win. You're going to get so tired of winning. You're going to say, Mr. President, please, please, please. It's, it's too, too much, much winning. Please. We can't take it anymore. Mr. President, you win too much. much. And I'm going to say, I don't give a damn. We're going to keep winning 100%. We're going to make it first. We're going to make America
Christ. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you.